What's going on everyone? Hope you're having an amazing day as always and welcome back to The Qualified, where the ultimate goal is to help you become familiar with the person you have the potential of becoming and live a life that makes a positive impact. In today's episode number 15, I am particularly more excited because I have the good fortune to introduce you to the very first guest on The Qualified Podcast. She's a three-time marathon runner who can regularly be found making a positive impact in the lives of individuals through indoor cycling as well as high-intensity interval training at an amazing company called Zen22 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She's a Lululemon ambassador, a graduate of Texas Tech University where she majored in human development and family studies, later went on to serve nine years as a child life specialist at Cook's Children's Medical Center. And Speaking of numbers, she actually, she and her husband will, will celebrate in November of this year, 20 years of marriage, where she's been able to, pretty dang awesome, man, pretty dang awesome, <laughs> Thank you. Thank where, she, where she and her husband will celebrate 20 years of marriage, and she's also been able to fulfill a personal dream of hers of becoming a mother to two beautiful girls who are now 13 and 10. Whenever she finds time in her already busy schedule, she likes to, she likes to spend it hanging out with family and friends, doing a little good old fashioned cooking, getting outside and riding her bike or watching a movie. So please. Help me in welcoming a woman who is a beacon of light wherever she goes, has a smile and personality that lights up a room, and is a breast cancer survivor. Yeah. Jennifer Keita. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Thanks How's for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the Qualified. What a privilege. How are you today? I'm great. Excellent. Really Excellent. So, absolutely grateful to have you. It's first time. I'm excited for this day. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> so, um, I mentioned that you and your husband were married for 20 years, but before that, I just want to, you know, where are you from? Tell us where you're from, but also share the story of how you and your husband met, because you've told me before, but for everyone who's new to you, yes. I didn't want to share that story, so. Ah, well, it's kind of lengthy, so I'm giving you the abridged version. <laughs> the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in Houston, and so that's actually where my husband and I met. Okay. So, we were really good friends. Starting in eighth grade, we met for the first time at the top of the stairs in the English hall. Oh gosh, it's like, it's like a junior high. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. Everybody's changing lockers. Yeah. And my friend brought this guy up, this guy Brian Keita, that's not my husband, hey. um, and said, hey, look at this guy. Didn't he have great, amazing eyes? And I'm like, yeah. Eighth grade, you See said. ya, I gotta get to yeah. class. <laughs> and so, flash. Flash forward to high school, we got involved with Young Life, uh, both of us did, and we had this really great group of friends and we all hung around each other. So Brian and I just evolved as friends through that relationship through Young Life. Yeah. Um, and so from that, we kind of both dated other people, but we're always the first people we wanted to see whenever we were really? coming home from vacations or whatever, being away at college later on, we always wanted to hang out together. So anyway, he provide, he, uh, <laughs> he professed, and he provides his love for me. Uh, he professed his love for me. Uh, my, oh my, it was almost my junior year of college. Um, he basically wrote me a letter because we didn't have email really? texting then. So had, he wrote, had he sent it through like a courier pigeon service or? No, right. We actually had a mailman. Oh, I'll be darned. <laughs> <laughs> So the male, or more male lady, yeah. brought uh, me that letter, and I'll never forget it. And just reading it and thinking, he basically was saying, I'm in love with you, but I know you're dating someone else, so we can't be friends anymore because it's too hard. Wow. And so... You saw my, the letter. I, I don't. I don't, what? I don't know where it went. Hey! You're a terrible person. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's somewhere in our box of everything that's sure. somewhere stuffed away. Sure. But um, I remember reading it and getting really upset and because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm losing my friend. I can't lose my friend. Like, we're really tight. We've been friends since junior high. And um, so basically I recognized the fact that why does it bother me so much that he's coming out of my life? 
then it was a heart check of maybe I have feelings for him. Maybe right. there's something more to this than just friendship. And so through a lot of heartache and having to choose to break up with Joel, because we didn't want to live with what ifs. Like, Joel was the guy you were seeing at the time. Sorry, yeah, Joel was the guy I'd been dating for like five years before that. A lot of five Yeah, years. a long time. And so um, we'd had, had some issues anyway. And so I just decided to take a chance and see what happened. And so we broke up and probably a couple months to six months later, Brian and I started dating. Really? Um, yeah. Nice. And the rest is there. history. There we go. There we go. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So I mentioned in the introduction towards the end of it that you are a breast cancer survivor. Yeah. You told me the story of it. Whenever you got the phone calls, I noticed you remember you told me you had some abnormalities that you noticed. There was a lump in your breast that you that you discovered. Whenever you realized that, you went to the doctor and he was like, all right, we'll do some tests. And he's like, pretty sure it's cancer. I just want to be sure. And whenever you got the call, because you were coming here, you're coming here to teach a class that's in 22. What was that like? And like, what was your first thought whenever you got that call? Um, I wasn't surprised because they'd already kind of told me ahead of time, like they were 99% sure. That's a pretty heavy percentage yeah. of being positive. <laughs> so I was already kind of mentally and emotionally preparing myself, but it still seemed surreal and like it really wasn't happening to me. Right. Um, so when I got the call from my doctor and he told me, um, I just thought, okay, okay. Lord, what are you doing? Because all throughout my life, there have been circumstances where I've seen just the things that I thought were gonna happen don't happen, and right. God throws something else that makes me completely depend on Him and right. take, the ha take my hands off the wheel and absolutely just think, I, I can't drive this. I don't know where we're going. I was going to carry on with something. Yes. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty much like my immediate reaction was, Lord, what are you doing? Because right. um, we, we had all these plans to move to California. Yeah, and you already um, bought, like, like, bought the house, you were leasing it. We were the house leasing now. it, yeah. yeah. And we were supposed to move in the next month. Wow. Like, I'd already packed probably 30 boxes in our house. Wow. Um, and so, getting that call from my doctor um, was still mind blowing, but I was a little bit emotionally prepared just because they'd already been telling us. So basically, um, whenever you got the call, you were kind of like wondering, but you weren't like panicking. I really wasn't. I think, I think I honestly felt the Lord's protection. And I've told someone this before, like it's almost as if this was the, the feeling I had, as if God with his wings was holding me at that moment and like just carrying me. And this, it, it was just the most, I had a peace even though I was scared, right. you know, but I sure. knew that God had a plan. In all my life, he's always shown up and, and been faithful. So why wouldn't he at this point? It's true. Yeah. It's excellent. So it's kind of like, it's kind of scary at the same time, but also you have peace about it too. Absolutely. That's excellent. And it was really excellent. cool to come here and like, God gave me this job basically and come here and go into, this, into the dome and teach a spin class and be able to just... And that was the same day you got the same call, day. right? When Fifteen you minutes later, yeah. I was teaching a spin class. <laughs> Jeez. And it was, it was actually very therapeutic. It was wow. really good. That's excellent. So how do you, since, you know, by the way, she is a breast cancer survivor. She went in, the surgery was successful. They got every little bit of, uh, of the cancer out. She actually got implants too, so she didn't lose anything as well. So that was incredible. So how, how do you value life now? I mean, like, do you ever find yourself ever taking it for granted now? Uh, in light of knowing that it could have been taken away from you. Right. That aspect? I think that I, well, one of the messages I probably give to every class is that we don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. And to always 
be grateful for what we have today. Right. So just remembering like today I felt great riding a bike. Today my body worked the way I've always wanted it to work. Right. It doesn't, it's not always going to do that. And when I, when I was post-surgery, after my mastectomy, I had to be down, you know, not doing anything for at least four weeks. Right. Um, and that was really mentally challenging for me. And it made me realize that at that point, even more so, like, gratitude that what I'd done, you know, I, I thought I was the healthiest person in the world, yet I still got cancer because cancer does not discriminate that, at all. <laughs> and so it was just one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I've got this going on and um, I'm going to have to just... Uh, sit down and not right. do anything and that was really hard because i was so used to being active sure and so as soon as i was able to get back on the bike i was so grateful and so that's kind of been my message it's just we don't know what tomorrow brings be grateful for today and yeah no absolutely that's why <laughs> that's why i find something funny to that point like i you always hear that that statement like live every day as if it's your last right, right? and i think I, I agree with that to a point as long as you understand it in this way. Like live right there is if it's your last, but don't live recklessly. Don't right. live like, you know, going off and like if you want to go skydiving, great, do it. Yeah. But like don't keep yeah, venturing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like if you have something you want to do, if you want to approach that first person for the first time, do it. If you want to create that business, do it. If you want to do something that's that would make your life more memorable, do it, you know, but don't just live recklessly. Live on purpose, but do something Yeah, live in live with intention, you know. And, you know, through your journey of, you know, you mentioned that your faith is important to you, more so you communicated that your faith is important because the first thing you thought of was like, God, what do you want to see, right? What, how big of a role has your faith played in your life? It is everything that I am. Well, how so? Because I, I believe that God created us to glorify Him. That is our chief end of man to me, no. is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And ever since I became a believer when I was 12 years old, I was raised... Um, in a family that went to church and um, I knew about Jesus and I knew about God, but I didn't understand the relationship part of it. Right. Um, you started so, like the rules and everything yeah, else. Yeah, rules like, and regulations, right. you should go, this is good, this is bad. Um, and so it wasn't until my uh, seventh grade year of junior high that I was at church for a special event for middle school kids and I really started understanding the relationship side of things they were teaching us about getting in the word you know in the Bible every day um, and understanding God's word was important for our everyday life and so just after becoming more disciplined in that which wasn't perfect I mean I had it was a roller coaster. I mean, I made, I screwed up in high school and did made bad choices. Um, but, <laughs> but all that to yeah. say, my hope every time when I got back up was that God would save and forgive and we would move forward because mm -hmm. God loves us and He wants a relationship with us. And when we sin and we confess those sins, God is quick to love us and forgive us and forget about all those things. So right. everything. It's like in a great my, parent would. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's really obviously helped in my parenting too about showing grace and forgiveness and um, teaching my kids when I'm wrong to ask for grace and forgiveness right. from them, sure. you know? And so it is, it's played a vital role in everything because also um, when I, after I got diagnosed, like the community of people in our lives um, that were from our church and just friends that were also fellow believers the way they poured into us through prayer and through words of encouragement I got scripture texted to me all the time the support the system power yeah. of that yeah. of just being in that moment of like I was it's like the main thing that gets me through every day my faith in God and who and who Christ Jesus is in my life is um, how I live my life as much as possible. I'm obviously not perfect at it, and I've made lots of mistakes, but 
the thing is, is that the hope that I have in Christ is what gets me through every day. So knowing that he's there and he has a plan and his plan is perfect because he promises us that. Um, every step we take, whether it's hard or whether it's easy, um, I know that he's in control. And so it allows me to take my hands off. <laughs> Cue the song. <laughs> Jesus, Again, take, yeah. it take it from my hands. <laughs> and it really, it just, just allows us to, allows me to truly just not feel like the weight of everything. Now there are days that I do feel that way because I'm human, right? So in those moments, that's when I can go back to God's word and it can encourage me and lift me up. Like just this morning I was reading, um, about how, you know, if God puts a thorn in our lives, you know, and it, and it hurts and we want that thorn removed, yet if we would trust God and just hold on, and even though he hasn't removed it yet, and, and, and see that his grace is sufficient through that time, and that way we can see past the thorn and look at the rose ahead, that mm -hmm. um, those are, it's things like that that God shows me, like, I'm here, you need to not worry. Um, I've got you, I've always had you, and I can look back on so many multiple things in my life where I've seen God pull through. So when this happened, I was like, well, that's why I thought, okay, Lord, what are you up to now? Like, we've been through hard stuff before, and everything, here I am, and I'm, I've got a good life, I'm, I'm healthy again. Yeah. So um, I know he'll use it for good, like he always does. Yeah. And it grows me and makes me more dependent on him rather than myself. Absolutely, that's, that's excellent. I mean, it just, Gives you like peace about the future too. It gives you like that certainty as mm -hmm. well through through every any storms. Like, all right, hey, we're gonna be all right. And yeah, going through, you know. So it's freaking awesome. What what most excites you about the future going forward? The unknown excites me, even though that can be a fear thing. Sure. Um, because we're now at this place since this since cancer kind of sprung out of nowhere to us. God knew it was gonna happen, but it changed all of our plans. We were supposed to move to California, like I said earlier, and those plans totally got shifted. Um, and in conjunction with my cancer, I was able to heal quickly, pretty much from that, and get back to teaching. Then my husband started having health issues with some nerve issues in his arms, and which has kept us here even longer and hasn't allowed him to pursue the things he was gonna pursue out in California. Right. So we just know that we're kind of in a waiting period. Um, and we're trying to just treat each day like this is where you have us. This is where you have us. And quit thinking about when are we getting there? When are we getting there? This is where he has us. And being okay and trying to find satisfaction in where he has us now. Right. Because if we keep thinking, well, when is this? When is this? It's like being in the car and your kids keep saying, when are we going <laughs> to get there? there? <laughs> you're like, would you just enjoy the ride? Right. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do is enjoy the ride. Absolutely. So, so it, it's interesting. I, I was talking, I remember talking to a, uh, someone that interviewed last year and I like, asked him that question about what excites them most about the future and it was the unknown mm. as well. So, I mean, that does, it, it does scare some people, but like, it is, uh, it is kind of interesting. Like, I mean, that the unknown about what's going to happen, who am I going to meet, what kind of opportunities are going to come my mm -hmm. way, what's going to happen, how am I going to grow, how are they going to grow, how, like, what's going to, I mean, you never know. It's something like, while well, it is kind of, I guess uncertain, but it's also exciting. Yes. Yeah, you because know, it's like, dang, like you never know what's gonna happen. They're like, what what's gonna happen in my life is gonna challenge me and make me better. How am I gonna respond to that? What's it gonna mean because of the way I responded to it? Right. And like, yeah, so I I definitely agree with that. What was there a time in your life when you've ever felt inadequate? And if there has been, what was that time for you? Mm. <laughs> Well, most recently, it was probably when I auditioned for this role. Really? It was in 22, yes. Um, 
You're so good at that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, actually have Thanks. That. That's, that's the Lord just carrying me and being faithful. But what happened was is the owner, Mark Page, yeah. is a good friend of ours before all this even started. Um, he approached my husband at the gym, a different gym, yeah. um, and just said, hey, I'm starting this spin studio. It's really going to be great. Um, they have one like in New York and L.A. I want to try and model something similar here in Fort Worth, Dallas area. Uh, would you guys be interested in being spin instructors? Because I think you'd be really great. And I think oh, initially, he Brian to be a yes, he asked him too. Brian's like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, but he, he had a full-time job already <laughs> leading worship at Christ Chapel. Okay, yeah. um, so he, but it was interesting because just that morning, he and I had kind of a heated discussion about finances and realizing that I needed to start doing something. But we both agreed that I didn't want to do anything that would compromise my time with our girls. Right. And so, um, you know, we both kind of left just thinking, what are we going to do? Um, and that very day was the day Mark approached him and said, hey, I have this opportunity. So Brian oh. calls me immediately. He's like, hey, Mark Page has started Spin Studio. And he says, maybe you could audition to be an instructor. I was like, no. No. <laughs> this girl is not a fitness coach. Uh, well, because I was, at the time I was doing, I was running and I was doing CrossFit. Right. And it was like, I've never, I mean, I laid worship or I led worship with Brian at Christ Chapel, so I was used to being in front of people. Right. So, and I love music, but it's a bit different, you know, leading worship and yeah. asking people to tap it back right. and be impressed, you know, so. <laughs> and being coordinated yeah. and looking, trying to yeah. pull it all together. So, I was like, okay, I'll take one for the team and just go at least try the class. The but team. I hated That's spin it. classes anyway because my only experience was um, at LA Fitness. Oh really? With oh wow! Just no. Bright lights yeah. and a basket with your foot in it and yeah, just no. going as hard as you can. It's a bit, it's a bit different. Yeah, it's totally yeah. different. It's a bit different. So much better. Yeah. And so I went to my first class. No offense, LA Fitness out yeah, there. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, thanks for letting me use your pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went to my first class, and I absolutely, I couldn't even clip in. I've ne I'd never clipped in before, oh, really? and all these people are around and do it like acted like they've been doing this forever, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I know seriously. <laughs> so I put my foot in the clips, and the guy Dennis that coached us all and oh, trained yeah, us Dennis, all. Yeah. He was up front and I was just, the lights went down, the candles were lit and the beat dropped and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. Like it was awful and wonderful all at once because number one, I couldn't keep the beat to save my life and that's sure. the foundation of what Zen does, we right. keep the beat to the music. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just, I was using muscles and energy I'd never really used in that way before. It was a totally different workout. Even though I felt in shape, I wasn't in shape for that workout. So um, it was very defeating. And so afterwards I was like, dude, there's no way I can be an instructor for this. That, like that's higher level intensely. Like I can't do that. So I left there just thinking it's great, but not for me. And Brian's like, maybe you should just try it. And Mark Page came up, like, just give it a try. Training starts this week, come. So I started, I was, I, they kind of pushed me into it. And so I started training. And every day I came home from training, it was like four hours. We'd get, Dennis would lead us through a ride and then we do some sort of drills and I was dying. And so I'm, you know, physically beat, emotionally beat mm -hmm. and feeling totally inferior because everybody around me was either already a fitness instructor or was a dance team person. And one of they them- They already had the coordination. Yeah, one of them was an ice, an ice, worked for Disney on ice and it's like totally got, you know, counting off and all that stuff on songs. <laughs> and so I come home and every day for at least two months, I'm not even kidding, and you're gonna think I'm the biggest baby, but I, I cried every day. Really? Literally, and just sat in the kitchen and just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I'll never, I'll never get this. And Brian would always be like, you got this. 
He's like, you just keep trying. That's a great husband. He is a great husband. There we go. And then Dennis as well was a huge influence. Like, he, I would I would email him like the second day after training. I was like, look, if you think this isn't a good idea, like, I'm behind <laughs> this. Like, I almost wanted him to tell me that so I could just right. be done. Yeah, please. But he was like, Jennifer, it's your second day. He's like, I believe in you. You need to believe in you. Mm. Just keep trying. Would just keep dare, showing yeah. up. And so I just kept showing up and just kept showing up. And finally, hmm. February 2014, <laughs> I finally got my first class. And it was awesome. Ooh. It was awesome. And it, but it was go. sweat and tears, man, all, yeah. all the time. And now it's like, it brings me so much joy. And now it's like, I don't even have to think about it as much anymore. I get to speak more. Right. As opposed to thinking about it, I'm doing my well, It's natural now. Yeah, like my body can go into autopilot while my voice gets to share some sort of message for the day. Right. How so. important is it for someone who's just starting out with something to just start by just showing up? Like what? I think like, that's super important because that? there's, there's a battle in our heads and in our hearts that tell us we're not enough right. so many times. I have people that come and look at the hit class that we teach here and think, oh, I can never do this. And I have to stand there and go, why can't you do this? Oh, because I'm just not strong enough. Well, everybody starts somewhere. A lot of people weren't strong when they started this. Right. Or remember the first time you took the spin class? Right. You were scared then. Now look at you. Now why wouldn't you try hit? Right. You know. And um, so I think it, it, you have to just make the discipline. It's a discipline, honestly. I think mm -hmm. of just saying I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Being uncomfortable. Like oh, who is it talks about? It's like a. Knowing it's going to be uncomfortable and doing it anyway. It's right. like just like I remember Les Brown was talking about it one time. He was about to go up in front of this big crowd and, and speak. I forget where he was at, Message Grove Art, somewhere, some big event. And he walks up. He goes, he goes, whoa! He sees all the people and he starts freaking out. And he goes back into his locker room, like locks himself in. His buddy comes in, and goes, hey man, come out! You got to speak. He goes, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. He goes, I, I don't know what I don't know the words to say. I, I just like it's not there for me. And he goes. His buddy goes, you don't have to speak. He goes, you don't have to go, you don't say anything. He goes, I don't speak. He goes, no. He goes, what do I say? He goes, you don't say anything. Just tell a story. He says, and for him, storytelling was fine, but it was just like that, that showing up and like doing it and starting first and like, you're going to be uncomfortable right? and like, but you just have to start and like nothing ever ha great happens inside of your comfort zone. Exactly. You know? That's excellent. I love that. So you're 45 years young. You look amazing, and which I, you would never, you would think I was you know, interviewing like a 27 year old over here, right? Right. Hey. Flattery. Yeah. You a lot of there we go. Hey. <laughs> I'm cashing those checks, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, what's, you're in great health, you, you've taken care of your body and everything else. What's one of the greatest lessons of your life that you've learned so far? Uh -huh. <laughs> greatest lessons of my life, gosh, to extend grace always because mm. I have been extended so much grace right. um, that is what I try to do more than anything um, and to love people well and, and to really pay attention to how I give quality time mm. uh, my girls both especially my youngest it, quality time is huge for her and in a world where we're getting so digital and we're always on our phones and I'm very I am busy and doing stuff on my phone or on my computer for my job, um, there are times where I'll hear her and she'll go, Mommy, you're not even listening to me. And it is, I could stab my heart. I'm like, oh, you're right. I'm you're so right. There again, I have to ask my kids for grace and forgiveness. Right. But um, I would say grace is the number one because I've been extended that from the Lord. Mm. And that's why I'm, 
I know I, my place in heaven. I know that I will be with him in eternity um, because of the grace that was extended to me. It's probably the biggest one. That's excellent. Yeah, no, grace is, is huge. I mean, it, yeah, that's, that's like always being kind, like mm -hmm. always like doing things that, I mean, yeah, it's huge. I mean, yeah. it would great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like that, what's that one worship song? Your grace is enough, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that for sure. In regards to, you mentioned, you know, just showing up when you, whenever you felt inadequate for the Zen position, you showed up and you kept on doing it and you started, you, you know, Dennis instructed you, hey, I believe in you. Yeah. For someone that doesn't believe in themselves, how does someone cultivate a mindset that they do start believing in themselves? Whenever they don't have like an external force on the outside that says, like if they have a, the parents who aren't really the best in raising them up in a the right way, if they don't have the friendship, if they don't have the mentor, and like their background is just like a whole lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. How does someone start believing, believing in themselves whenever every external force around them says they can't? Yeah, that's hard. Um, and I hate that, for, that there's people that do have to battle that out there. Um, Honestly, like showing up in the places where you're going to find positivity, like church, um, or showing up in a place that has a community that builds each other up, whether that's someplace like here, like showing up and letting people see you, as opposed to like hibernating and staying inside yourself, being able to have the um, courage to move out, and, and maybe maybe that starts with just starting to read something right. that's positive, that's gonna put some positive things into your mind. Um, like, role, like getting a role model, for example. Yeah, like or a mentor. Like in person. Right. right, and those are, and those people, like that takes courage too. Yeah. Like reaching out to somebody and saying, I need help, I need right. direction. Some people have a hard time because they think they're not worthy of even that. Right. And so I think it just takes courage to make that first step of even saying, I'm in need of this. You recognize that, that's the first step. And then the second, step would be doing something about it, whether that means reaching out to somebody that you trust. Hopefully there's somebody. Maybe it might be someone you don't even know that well, but you know that their character based on their life is something you can trust. Um, and reaching out that way and seeing what happens from that point. I really think that when your heart really is in need of, of change and of growth and getting away from what your past has defined you as or if you've allowed it to define you as, um, once you can get to that next spot of moving forward by reaching out, I think it makes a huge difference. Mm. It's like making that first step to like get in the right community, right? Yeah. And, or like, especially if you, don't, if, you, if you don't have that community, like you mentioned, maybe moving out, getting around it, or getting a book by someone that you admire, like a Les Brown, like a Tony Robbins, right. or a Sarah Blakely, or Winfrey, whoever it is that is inspirational for you, find their content and just get around that. And yeah. like, also, one of the things that, just like, I guess, piggyback on that point, yeah. Whenever you keep promises you make to yourself, that's a great way to start believing in yourself too. Because if you're like, maybe like I was actually talking to my brother just recently, and I was like, maybe it's something as small as like, hey, whenever I get in the car, I'm not gonna listen to the radio for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember what's his face, John Asraf talks about. He says reduce it to the ridiculous, and what he talks about is like. Maybe it's something as simple as I, when I'm going to drink two glasses of water today, and I'm going to make sure I do that today. And then tomorrow I'm going to drink three. And the next day I'm going to drink four. Yeah. And you steps. just keep. It's a small step. So you might say, "Well, that's, that's stupid." Well, it's ridiculous. Exactly. That's it's supposed to be stupid, but that way you start doing the small things because every every huge building, every small huge company started off at one point. Right. Apple started off in a garage, but you have to start at one spot and then grow from there. Right. You know. So that's that's an excellent point. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, in wrapping up, getting close to wrapping up, 
I feel like a, a dream end of a life would be to somehow meet the person you were created to become. You know, for us, you know, with our faith as, as Christians, I believe that God, you know, and if you're not Christian, regardless of the fact, but it, you know, in our belief system, that God created us to be some person. God created us to be someone. He created us in His image. And for that reason, I believe there's someone that he created us to become. We have the potential of becoming some person. You have the potential of becoming the, the Jennifer Kita he created you to become. I have the potential of becoming the Ryan Huff he created me to become. And I feel like a dream of a life would be to somehow die and meet that person, be introduced to him, be like, hey, Jennifer, this is the, this is the woman I created you to become. And when you see her, you're like, what's up, girl? How you doing? You'll give her a high five and you give her a you're big hug. You're still 45? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, because you know her, because you became her, versus the worst way to die, I feel like, would be to somehow meet that person and you have no idea who they are. Mm. And so, that being said, how does someone chase their potential? Mm. Good question, right? I think you just keep, well, for me, this is how I've chased my potential, and I feel like I've realized more of my potential as I've allowed myself to get uncomfortable, like we've talked about earlier. like. I've always stayed in the, my parents were very protective and I've always had this little protected life seemingly. Like I got, I have an amazing husband, this amazing little life and amazing kids um, and not wanting that to be shaken. Um, and so what can I do to kind of keep everything kind of normal and be complacent, it becomes complacent. And so I think there was a point that, especially when Zen 22 came along, like. I realized I wanted to do something else, but I didn't know what that looked like. And then something was presented to me. It sounded terrible, it sounded scary, and I did it anyway. And then it turned into this beautiful, beautiful thing that's now my passion that has now made me want to train to be a Pilates instructor. And now makes me you know, want to do all sorts of other things to kind of move forward in showing people their worth and showing them that they're worth fighting for and not to give up on their bodies, to give up on themselves. And so, um, I feel like I totally got off track of your question. Oh, you're good. I mean, basically pursuing, pursuing something new, pursuing something yeah. different, getting out of your comfort zone. Because yeah. I think that if we just do the things we're familiar with, we don't see our potential mm. at all. Like, Interesting. I just, I think that you have to kind of put it out there and see what happens. Like, for example, um, I just met with a girl the other day and she's also into fitness and you know, I feel like there's this movement right now in Fort Worth more than ever about fitness and health. And she and I sat down because people said we should meet each other. And I was like, well, let's meet each other. We want to have a drink. So we went and had a glass of wine together. <laughs> and um, she started telling me about what she does. She teaches um, boot camp classes. Okay. And I was telling her about Zen. And as she was talking and telling how she got to where she was, I just looked at her and I got this feeling inside of me. And it maybe it was from the Lord. like. The word conference came to mind, and I was just like, conference. I was, and I looked at it, and I was like, maybe we should do like some sort of conference. And she goes, oh, and she just started crying. She's like, I've been thinking that same thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but I don't know how to do a conference. Wait, what do we even do? Like, it was just yeah. all of a sudden I was like, wait, backtrack. And then I thought, no, God put that there. Right, for a reason. Maybe something will come of it. Maybe not. Maybe it'll take you to this other avenue of maybe it's just a retreat. A different opportunity. You know? But it was one of those moments where I could look back and think, okay, when I risked before, something great happened. Mm. So if I risk again, if God's in it, it's going to work. So mm. that's kind of how I feel like with most things, how people can, if they'll, if they'll, if they're given that little opportunity, as opposed to shying away or being fearful, like I can't do that. Take one step that sees if maybe you can. Right.
and maybe it'll blow your own mind. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. All right, Jen, well, wrapping up before we get to the final question, I just want to acknowledge you for a moment. You have been, from the moment that I took your first class, I believe it was in South Lake last year, or yeah, South Lake last year. And from the time that I took your first class and just meeting you for the first time and like seeing you, on, seeing you inside the dome, inside the, you know, the original, the 20, you know, Zen 22, teaching on the spin bikes and everything else, like your energy and like your positivity and everything about it. This is before I even knew any of your backstory. I was just like, wow, this woman has something special about her. And it was obvious to know that your faith really permeated your life. But not only that, your attitude about about life in general was this was obvious, and it was one that like, as you started, as I started to learn more about you, like, wow, wait, what? She she had breast cancer? Mm -hmm. Like, you never played the victim. Even when, even when talking about your story, you never played the victim. Like, oh, why me? Why this happened to me? Of all people, why me? Bob, I'm such a good person. No, like like you said, cancer doesn't discriminate, right? So, you had your faith that helped you through that. You had your support system. You had your amazing husband, family, friends, everything like that. And to have that kind of attitude to where you didn't play the victim, you took responsibility, and you just moved forward is phenomenal. And not only that, but your energy and, and everything about you is just so inspirational. I know not, not only to myself, but it's all these young people that come in here. Because I mean, obviously, it's a, major, it's a wide demographic that come into Zen for sure. But there's also a lot of younger women who come in here who are inspired by you. And for that matter, there's a lot of older women who come in here who are inspired by you as well. And so, and me as a guy, I'm still inspired by you as well. So it's, it's just incredible. So I just acknowledge you for that, for being who you are, for being completely genuine, for being completely who you are and never shirking back from sharing your faith and for the reason that your faith is why you are today, where you are today. And that's pretty incredible. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. So before we get to the final question, actually this is the final question. What does making a, what is, what is living a life that makes a positive impact look like for you? It means giving up and dying to myself every day. So making sacrifices to build others up. Like if I have a bad day, which is not to say we shouldn't take care of ourselves. Like tomorrow I'm getting a massage. <laughs> but like waking up and dying to self to serve others because that's what I feel like I have been called to do is to love others well, speak truth into others and encourage each other. Um, and so, What was the question? <laughs> I, didn't I, I, I get going on these little tangents of like, but then I'm like, wait, what was he really asking? You're good. How do you live a life that makes a positive impact? What does that look like for you? So that it, it would be getting up in the morning and, and deciding to, to not be so focused on me and to focus on others. Right. And to Taking care of yourself, well. but yes. also. Yes, finding that balance for sure. But um, I remember when I got diagnosed with cancer, one of my friends said, Jennifer, it is now time for everybody to get back to you. Like you've been giving for all this time, people are gonna to wanna to give back to you. And it's hard for me to receive stuff right. like that, like people giving meals and wanting to do stuff. And I was like, oh no, 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 I'm fine. I can't get out of bed, I'm fine. Right. And, um, and I think we should approach everybody as being ready to serve people and to love people well. Um, I think, you know, there's been things in my life where maybe I could harbor resentment or I could uh, be jealous or I could compare myself. Um, but if I would just, remember what I was called to do, that I'm a child of God, um, and that He loves me, and therefore the greatest thing I could do is teach others about who He is through my love and service to them, because that's my passion as well. So I think that's probably the answer to your question. Excellent, excellent, love it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Jen. Thanks, Ryan, it was so great. Absolutely, so great. guys.
Thank you so much for watching. I really hope you got some value out of this. I know you did. She's an amazing woman and with an incredible story and passion for life. If you enjoyed this, I would ask that you please like this video. And if you're listening on through the podcast, I would ask that you go on iTunes right now and hit subscribe, but also leave a review and let me know what you thought about it as well. And along with that, if you wouldn't mind sharing this out with someone who you know would get value from it as well, that would help us create even more of a positive impact together. Along with that, if you'd like to connect with Jen or myself, the link for that will be in the description through her Instagram account or through mine as well. And also, I run a company called Qualified Apparel, which helps give back to hungry families in America by every purchase providing 20 meals for hungry families in America. So if you'd like to know more about that, the link for that in the description. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for giving of your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you got so much value from this. Have an amazing rest of your day. I will see you next Wednesday. New episodes every single Wednesday. Boom. Talk to you soon, guys. See ya.